Hello everyone and welcome back to another episode of Let Me Just Say This. I'm so happy to be back with you guys if you are watching. Hello, hi, welcome to the living room. Um, I hope you guys were able to listen to or watch episode 22 because in this episode we are doing an ultimatum analysis child. Nothing too deep, nothing too heavy. However, if you have not seen the ultimatum, it is a show on Netflix. Um, you can go binge watch it, pause right now. Go binge watch season two and then come back if you haven't watched it because this episode will have spoilers. Um, so basically just a synopsis of the ultimatum. Uh, there's a group of couples, they come onto the show and one person in the relationship has given the other the ultimatum for marriage, basically saying, if we don't get engaged or if we're not on the path to marriage now, I'm ready to leave. Um, the couples come on the show they break up and then they match with someone else from one of the other relationships and they go on a three-week trial marriage um during that time of course everything is recorded and they do mixers and all this other stuff so they know like what's going on with each other but not only to a certain extent right um then they come back after those three weeks they discuss everything and then they go on another three-week trial marriage but this time with their original partner and then of course we see it all and in the end they make a decision of whether basically you can go home engaged go home still in a relationship in a relationship with someone else or single those are the options now i will say i don't normally watch or subscribe to dating shows because i just feel like it's kind of <laughs> i don't know i think a lot of it's for clout and i think a lot of it's for desperation and you know, a lot of people hated on my Instagram when I said, well, not a lot of people, a lot of incel undesirable men <laughs> hated the fact that I said I would never propose to a man. And I feel like giving someone an ultimatum is just another form of trying to strong arm them into committing to you. And I think it's a losing game. Um, however, comma, some of these couples actually seem to be operating successfully as engaged couples and are also like actually on the track to getting married. Um, some of them are not though. And so we're gonna discuss it because I feel like every couple has some sort of relatable issue that we can all, you know, kind of see or have been experienced in, or excuse me, or have experience in, in some of our relationships. So yeah, if you haven't seen it, like I said, pause run it back because I will be saying who ends up with who and what happens in the end. Okay. And I don't want to spoil it if you're going to watch it. So let's go ahead and get right into it. A quick little housekeeping update before we get started. Um, I've decided to move the podcast upload schedule a little bit. We're doing bi-weekly. It will still be Wednesdays, 5 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, just not every week. And then if I do post something on an off week, maybe it'll be a bonus. I'm still trying to figure out how I'm going to navigate that, but we're gonna slow down the frequency of episodes, but the quality will still be there, I promise. <laughs> so the first couple we're gonna to discuss today is Kat and Alex. Um, I'll have the pictures on the screen for you guys who are watching, otherwise I'll be saying the names. I should've gave nicknames, but it might be easier to follow if I use the real names. <laughs> so Kat and Alex, I think she's 28, he's 32. She gave him the ultimatum. Um, they've been together for, I don't even know, um, at least two years, I wanna say. and. Basically, Kat's like, what are you not sure about? I want to know, like, why you haven't proposed to me. And she's not the type of woman who's, like, super assertive. She's giving timid, not, 
not in the negative sense, but she's giving quiet. She's giving reserve. She's giving, she's an observer type, type situation where he's a lot more assertive than she is. And the thing that really got me was she's asking him, she's like, yo, uh, why are you not sure? Or what is holding you back? Or do you feel like I'm the one you want to marry? And his answer is basically, I don't know. He's giving IDK. He's giving IDK. Um, we'll cross that bridge when we get to it type shit. And the thing about Alex, Alex is the type of man that you have to hold his hand through shit. Like he'll, he'll go with the flow as long as it's good. Like if it's not broke, you know, don't fix it type of person who doesn't see the issue with just going and being in this relationship and not settling down. He doesn't necessarily even give a real reason for not proposing or not, you know, making the next step for marriage. And Cash just like, yo, I'm ready. Are you ready? If not, I'm gonna have to move on. So with this particular couple, I think the most relatable issue that I observed is having a partner that challenges you. And then also, um, being able to walk all over your partner or being the person that somebody can quote unquote walk all over. That was the running theme with this couple that Alex was so assertive and such a boss, right? That he can basically walk all over Kat and Kat's just going to take it. And I'm like, um, I think that was a narrative that was pushed by Roxanne, who was the other quote unquote boss that matched with Alex. We're going to talk about her later because, oh my God, I hate her ass. I'm not going to hold you. I really do hate that lady. But <laughs> the point is, this narrative about Kat not being able to hold her own um, against Alex or not being able to put her foot down or doing whatever he wants and being more docile was was basically pushed the entire season. And I think there's a difference between a person who is non-confrontational and reserved and, you know, more likely to observe you than a person who is going to do whatever you say or kiss ass or, you know, get railroaded, basically. And I'm really proud of Kat because Kat in the reunion held her own against Roxanne in such a classy way. In such a classy way. I love somebody, because really, it, it don't be me. I'll be ready to fight. I love somebody who can go into a conversation and just be like, yeah, well, clear-headed, logical, and, you know, very, very level with emotion and not getting out of control. Um, and that's basically how she behaved during the whole season. Like she wasn't crying or freaking out because her man was in the bed with another woman. Like she was literally like, okay, I'm here to enjoy this experience and learn some things and have a good time. And I think not everybody needs a partner that's going to challenge them. Do you need a challenge or are you just used to dysfunction? Because it's like, I think some people don't understand what it's like to be around peace. Like, I know, in a sense, it was like, challenge you to be better, challenge you to go harder, challenge you to, you know, level up and shit. But I'm like, that is also the person that can be your peace. Um, the whole time between Roxanne and Alex, it was like, we're both workaholics. We're both entrepreneurs. Meanwhile, the bitch sells pasties. I don't pay. If she thinks she's Jeff Bezos, she thinks she's Jeff Bezos. None of my business. But either way, that's neither here nor there. Um, this idea that you have to be with somebody exactly like you or as assertive as you in order to be challenged is a fallacy. I think the people who, if anything, don't exhibit the same behaviors and the same um, mannerisms as you will be more likely to challenge you in different ways that you're not used to. 
So if you're going out of your way to be with somebody that is just like you, I think in inherently you're settling into this level of comfortability like I and predictability, basically, versus being with someone who brings out different sides of you. And I think Kat levels Alex out perfectly. I don't think Alex needs a boss or an entrepreneur or somebody that's going to tell him to shut the fuck up and go sit down. He needs someone who's going to listen to him and bring out, you know, the softer side of his ass. My God, today. And I think he knows that. And that's why he's with Kat. And that's why it's working out. I think they have a good potential for success in the future if, you know, he's genuinely happy and wants to be there. Now, this next couple worked my nerves. Lisa and Brian. Okay. Lisa, I want to say is 32. Yeah. And Brian is 29. Now, um, we see this dynamic a lot, especially in the Black community, where there's a woman. She is the breadwinner. She might be more successful than her man. Um, and I think it causes a little bit of stress for the guy because, you know, I still believe that, well, this batch of men, you know, depending on who their mama was and their daddy was, but <laughs> I still believe that a lot of black men are raised to want to or seek out to be the provider for the most part. You know, they don't want to have their woman taking care of everything for them. They want to provide. Brian is a provider. He wants to be a provider. And his main reason, which she gave him the ultimatum, his main reason for holding back is because he did not feel financially ready. And then also, and really I think the more prevalent issue, jealousy and trust issues. Lisa, my God today, when I tell you this woman was on this screen acting a damn fool, acting a fool, when I tell you she mushed the hell out of Brian, I don't know. He is a very calm and patient man because I know a lot of men who would have not necessarily put hands on her, but would have reacted in a way that was much more destructive. Whereas he's just like, yo, why are you acting like this? You need to calm down. Like he's not attacking her, but she's very much so attacking him and attacking somebody else. So let me explain the situation. Like I said, there are, are opportunities early on where the couples can see their partner talking to someone else, getting to know someone else because they have mixers. So essentially they had a cocktail hour. Um, Brian was talking to this girl named Raya, another black woman, the only other black woman on the show, mind you. They look like, you know, they could be a match. They look like, okay, well, maybe they'll match and go into their trial marriage. Lisa was so distraught. Like, she was distraught on the first night. They caught background footage, basically, of her crying, talking about she wants to go home. This was the night before everything even started. And so she was already all in her emotions about it. And Brian had told her in the beginning. He was like, or basically asked her, he was like, do you feel like you can manage your emotions when it comes to jealousy, if you see me out there talking to somebody else. And she's like, yeah, why do you think I can? I'm like, girl, you are you are living in a land of Delulu. You know yourself. You know you're jealous. You know you have trust issues. Don't Why come on a show when you know your man is going to match with somebody else and be with them, getting to know them for three weeks if you know you have this many issues? Or, or if you know that you're this jealous? setting yourself up for failure. 
Now, the cocktail hour happens. Raya and Brian are talking. Lisa, like she's she sees them. They're in a corner, in the cut, getting to know each other. Lisa comes over, sits right in between them, and basically press the fuck out of them like, yo, so what are you talking about? And she's like, Raya, I think you should go talk to Trey. Like, she basically stiff-armed the fuck out of Raya <laughs> and then proceeded to get upset and mush the hell out of her man on national streaming TV, which is embarrassing. I was embarrassed as fuck. And I was just like, yo, this is why Brian's not marrying you. You don't know how to control your emotions. You don't know how to control your emotions. And I'm like, at any point, why would you, especially in front of all these people and all this cameras, child, you mush your man in the face? That's really where she lost my ass. I said, okay, yeah, she got issues. That's why he not marrying her. That's really why I feel. Of course, the financial thing of wanting to be a provider, that's a that's a factor. But I think it's more so her emotions and her jealousy and her issues. And I don't know if it would be sustainable long term, to be honest. Now, the real gag is Brian and Lisa didn't even make it through. They didn't even get to match. They didn't make it to that point because come to find out Lisa's pregnant. She takes a pregnancy test, comes back positive, and they leave the show. Some of the other cast members thought it was like fake or thought that she knew before coming on the show. I don't know. At the reunion, they said that it was real and she didn't know and all this other shit. But the point is they leave. They don't go through with the show. In the end, you know, they don't end up engaged. They have a baby. And I think she's still in the same boat that she was in to begin with. You're with a man that you wanted to marry. And you tried to stiff arm him into a marriage, but clearly he is not ready to marry you. And I think Brian is the type of man who would have a plan. You got to be careful when it comes to men who have plans for you, because if you try to to rush them or force them to make a decision, you are probably self-sabotaging. I think she did a lot of self-sabotaging in this shit. And he clearly loves her. He stayed with her probably because the baby. Yes. But also, I think he actually cares about her. And I'm like, okay, if you play your cards right and work on yourself as a woman, then he'll marry you. But you can't, like I said, you can't stiff arm somebody into marrying you and you can't show, you know, exhibit A of why he's not marrying you and then not pay attention to that. Because clearly something in the water ain't right. I think this couple exhibits a lot of the issues that a lot of couples have with trust and jealousy. A lot of women, like, the insecurity really can fuck up your your love life. Like you cannot operate in a jealous space. You can't operate in a space of insecurity or trust issues because inherently you're probably going to push away somebody that is good for you. Inherently you're probably going to sabotage a good relationship. And that's the crazy thing. I was talking to my best friend about this yesterday. I had to come to terms with the fact that yes, to a certain extent I do have trust issues. And I can't help it. I cannot help it. After going through certain things, there are there are things that come to my mind immediately in certain situations. Like if my man's like, yo, um, I'm about to go do X, Y, and Z. I'd be like, mm, I need that low. Where are you really going? Like, <laughs> and no, for no reason at all, other than a little bit of twinge of trust issues. But I have to calm myself down and be like, okay, Naya, 
If there are red flags that are showing you that this person isn't trustworthy, then you pay attention to them, okay? Then I feel like it's warranted. If there are no red flags, if you are making up this shit in your mind, okay, then my God, today, baby, you are just letting your trust issues and your jealousy get the best of you and you're self-sabotaging. And you got to work on that. Um, I don't know. This couple, uh, I, I hope that it works out for the sake of the child. However, comma, I think eventually he'll probably get tired of her shit if she doesn't grow and heal and acknowledge her issues. Um, oh, and before I finish with this couple, another thing, and this is a bigger thing. This is really what irked me about Lisa. Lisa really went after Raya. And like I said, Raya was the other black woman on the show. And I feel like all these dating shows, black women really get the short end of the fucking stick every time. And Raya, as we'll discuss later, she works at Hooters or at the time worked at Hooters. Lisa is established. She's more established. And she referred to Raya as the Hooters bitch. And basically she's talking to Brian. She was like, you over here talking to the Hooters bitch. What can she teach you? What can she show you? And I'm like, okay, two things. One, you were on television in a capacity that's not loving hip hop, bitch. I need you to not put down the only other black woman there. One. Two, it come come to find out at the reunion, she worked at Hooters too. <laughs> so I'm like, so you're both Hooters bitches or what? I don't know. <laughs> so you're really contradicting yourself with that shit. And three, you are showing your slip right now because you go out of your way. Any woman who goes out of her way to attack an, and, and belittle and degrade another woman in order to make herself look better for a man, baby, you are an op for real. You are not a girl's girl. You are deeply insecure and you need to work on your fucking self. I know a girl just like that. I know a girl, and honestly, she actually my biggest hater. Shout out to her. <laughs> I know a girl just like that who would go out of her way to talk down on another woman for no reason in order to make herself look better in front of a man. And my God, today. It was a, it was a sad sight. I didn't really enjoy that too much. So I, honestly, I hope her ass figures it out because Brian seems like a cool dude. He seems like a good guy. He gonna end up leaving her for somebody else though. So as I mentioned before, Lisa and Brian dropped out. They were the fifth couple. Um, this leaves four couples behind and they basically did a partner swap at this point. Um, so I'll be talking a little bit more about who matched with who and how that played out. The next couple is Ryan and James. And my God, today, I have a very um, particular take on this couple's relationship. Now, they're both 24. They've been together for seven years. You do the math. That means they've been together since they were about 16, 17 years old. I don't think as an adult, any time prior to like 20 should count towards your relationship. I think she's like, we've been together for seven years. I'm like, you were children and you were still figuring out who you were. And I get it. You're in love. This is your high school sweetheart. And I know some people that shit works out. Most of the time it doesn't. Most of the time it doesn't. And I think this couple's issue is being with someone for so long, 
growing into adults and expecting, okay, well, we've been together for all this time. It's now it's time to get married. And I'm like, you're still so young. I feel like you, and you've only been with one person. And not to say the thing that everybody says, like, go out and be a hoe, not to say that, but just to say there's more out there for you. And especially if you get to this point where you got to give a person an ultimatum, maybe you should consider exploring, you know, what other options there are, what other fish there are in the sea. Because my God, today, like you've been with this one man your entire your entire time. Now, they did have a long distance relationship, so I don't know how much, you know, infidelity may or may not have taken place, but that's besides the point. Like, y'all been together since y'all were children, but you're adults now and you're changing. Um, Also, two major issues that I think need to be tackled, and this is stuff that early 20s people always end up having to go through. Shout out to being in your 20s. I wouldn't recommend it. I mean, I'm having a, a cool time, but I'm just saying um, you become more self-conscious and more um, introspective, I, I'd hope. And you become more conscious of your traumas. Now, James, when I tell you the childhood trauma with James run deep and his mother came on the show, she is a bitch. I will confirm his mother is a bitch. So I understand why he act the way he do. But this man had a whole trauma bond with Raya, another girl. And that's why him and Raya matched because they had similar upbringings with their mothers being single mothers and all this shit. But I think inherently James has all this childhood trauma in relation to his mother that caused him to be so emotional, like so emotional on the show about it. Just crying every five minutes and hey, ain't nothing wrong with crying now, but Mr. Man. I think you clearly have issues that you have to work through before you are able to be a good husband because basically Ryan, they showed a clip where Ryan had did something basically to trigger. He, she, she like tapped the table the way his mom does and he like sent his ass over the edge. And I'm like, okay, you need to go to therapy. You need to go to therapy. You cannot be in a relationship with someone and be healthy and have that much childhood trauma and really expect that shit to not come up and sabotage your damn relationship and i'm like okay ryan loves him she wants to work with him she's never gonna leave him probably but i'm like ryan is a catch she's honestly a little bit too good for him and i think if she were to go out she could get and bag anybody she wanted and he know that he knows that because coming into the show he's like well i need to be established and i'm trying to get my dream job and i want to work for fucking nasa and all this other dumb shit i mean not dumb shit but you know all these excuses as to why he's not ready to get married and why he's not established enough, right? And she comes on the show and he sees that she's pulling. He sees that she's pulling and all of a sudden, this is my girl. I'm going to marry her. I can marry her tomorrow. And I'm like, bro, sometimes that complacency of being with someone for years and years and years and you think, yeah, I got him wrapped around my finger or yeah, there's nobody else out there for them. It's just me. And then you see them go outside and realize, actually, nigga, there's some competition. You have some competition. I, I think that made him tighten up real fast, very fast, which sucks for Raya because in their trial marriage, um, he basically wasn't trying too much. He wasn't trying too much. It was just like two strangers. It, it, it wasn't even like they were friends. Like it was it was a bad situation. <laughs> you have to watch it for sure. But. 
I think, you know, in the end, they get engaged. He does this really cute surprise engagement off camera to make it more natural for them. Um, And I think he's acclimating to her life. He's an only child. She has siblings. You know, she lives with her family. They moved in together and all this other shit. And it's just like, okay, if you are going to say that you're ready to get married, there are a couple of things in your childhood and, you know, in your past, of course, that you would have to work on first. And I really think they have a good shot at working out in the long run. But I don't know how much longevity there is. I think that eventually Ryan will probably figure out that she could do better. And maybe she'll want to explore that. I don't know. Okay, so we have the second Black couple on the show. And this is Raya and Trey. Now, Ryan, from the last couple we discussed, matched with Trey. And like I said earlier, Raya matched with James. Now, Ryan and Trey, chow, hit it off. And Raya was stuck like Chuck. She was having a, a terrible time. Trey was having the time of his life. He was. And actually, plot twist, he was the one who gave her the ultimatum. And I think they have a, a, a bit of an age gap because I want to say she's 20, she's 25, he's 29. At the time, I think on the show, she was 24. They have a little bit of a gauge, a, excuse me. They have a little bit of an age gap. And as I mentioned with Lisa earlier, she works at Hooters. Trey is an engineer. He's a provider. And he's just basically one of those guys that's like, yo, I'll provide everything for you. We can have a life and a family and live on a fucking ranch and be happy. And she's just like, well, I don't know if I want to have kids. I don't know if I want to get married. I want to move to Atlanta. And I'm just like, I have this feeling that when a man is ready to propose to a woman, and it's a woman who seemingly wants him, but is still reserved for some reason. And he's like really pursuing, like, I want to marry you. I want to provide for you and all this other stuff. And she's still on the fence. I honestly just think it's because she doesn't want to be with him. And she wants more and she wants something different and she knows it. And so she can't commit. And I think that's what's happening in this situation. She also may feel a little bit inadequate because she's not the same space. And I think For a young person who was dating someone older, oftentimes the older person is a bit more established in life. Now, hear me out. I am 25 almost and I date older guys. I have dated older guys who were still living at home with their parents. Now, not seriously, but I've encountered them. Um, And I've, I've witnessed older men who weren't as established as I am. However, comma, I think for the most part, when you're dealing with someone older, they probably are a little bit more established than you and have more things figured out in their life. And Raya seems like she don't want to work at Hooters forever. She wants to be established in a career. She wants to move to another city. She wants to explore and um, determine what she wants out of her life. Whereas Trey kind of already has done it and he's ready to settle down. And I feel like that's the big issue with them is having this age gap. And having this gap in, you know, where they stand in life. Um, But Trey is all about her. He all about her. 
until he meet Ryan and catch a little bit of feelings for her. And I think Trey is probably just a lover boy who, you know, any good situation with somebody, he'll probably be like, yeah, I like her. <laughs> but I don't think that ever changed. Once Raya found out about that, though, she was a little bit hurt. But like I said, you come on this show, you know your partner is going to potentially meet someone else that they could click with. You need to be prepared. And I'm like, stop believing that you are the only one that they're going to like. Stop believing that you are the creme de la creme. And I know they probably make you feel that way because they should. However, comma, if you put, if you give your partner the opportunity to meet someone else, they might meet someone better than you. And they might like them more than you. And they might have a better connection. And that's just the risk that you run when you do some shit like this. So essentially, you know, I think. I think this couple really exhibits um, issues that are kind of. I think this couple, I think Trey and Raya really exhibit what happens when you have commitment issues and indecisiveness because one person is really ready to commit and the other person is on this I don't know train. And it can be like, damn, well, what do you not know? Like, I'm Trace giving everything to her on a silver platter, but. He's also not willing to compromise so much because, like I said, he knows what he wants out of life versus she's still figuring shit out. And in the end, they do end up engaged. And I think she's happy. And I think they will get married. But I think that there is a potential that she will still want for something different or something more for herself outside of what Trey's dream is for their family. Um. And, you know, I hope not. I, I'm, I hope that they work it out and they and they do get married and end up happily ha- ever after. But, you know, it is what it is. Now, the last couple and this couple, my God, today should not be together. Roxanne and Antonio. They're around the same age. They've been together off and on for a while. Antonio gave her the ultimatum. Antonio is madly in love with her. When I tell you there was a scene in the episode where this man had heard some shit that from Alex, who matched with Roxanne, um, got so upset and was so emotional that he left where he was staying at and ran. And I mean, this man was running. This man was running to Roxanne. And this lady is just sitting there like, hey. And like, <laughs> literally not even showing the same amount of devotion that Antonio has for her. And I feel so bad for Antonio because he doesn't realize that he's in a toxic relationship. He doesn't realize that he's in a relationship with someone who has shown him time and time again that she does not want him. She does not want to be with him. I think that Roxanne, who basically said she doesn't believe in marriage, she said she doesn't see it for herself, She takes any and every opportunity to belittle and downplay Antonio's accomplishments because she is more successful than than he is because she's a boss bitch, girl boss, entrepreneur that sells pasties, whatever the fuck that means. She is the type to walk all over him, which is why I think she flocked so hard to Alex. She's 
under this mindset that if she gets a boss or an entrepreneur like her or a workaholic like her, that it'll work out because they like the same things. And like I said with Alex and Kat, you need someone to offset you. You need someone to balance you. She found with Alex that they were both always working, always talking about work. You know what I'm saying? Like you have nothing really in common other than the fact that you both like to work. And I think she also likes saying she wanted a boss. She wants a man who's assertive and and busy and has all this stuff to do and not realizing what type of underhanded comment that is to Antonio. You're basically saying the man that you're with doesn't have no fucking motion and you want someone with motion. And she just kept that attitude the entire time. And I felt so bad for Antonio because I'm like, yo, yo girl don't like you. She doesn't like you. She's with you because you're easy. She's with you because essentially she, she knows that she can get whatever she wants from you. She knows that you will die for her. She knows that you're predictable and she can walk all over you and she can have you when she wants you and in the capacity that she wants you. So she's using you. And the thing about it is when somebody tells you they don't want something, listen to them. You, (laughs) Antonio stayed with this woman, begging her to commit to him. Even though she told him she does not want to commit, she does not want to get married. I think when you are in a toxic relationship that has emotional and verbal abuse, which I absolutely believe that they are in, as the abused person, Of course, it is so difficult to see that. You want to see the good in that person. You want to, you know, compromise so that it can work. And I feel like that's the space that that he's in. In the end, they do get engaged, but not really. Mind you, the reunion is shot a year after filming the show. So they've been engaged for a year now. Essentially, she doesn't wear her ring. She does not She does not seem like she wants to get married. And she definitely does not want to marry him. Um the host posed a question to her. They were like, "Yo, if we could marry you right now on the spot, would you marry Antonio?" She said, "Absolutely not." Just like that, "Absolutely not." No. And I'm like, "Why are you engaged to this man? Let this man go. You don't wear your ring. What girl doesn't go out of her way to show off her ring when she's engaged? She doesn't even wear her ring." And Antonio's just sitting there. He's talking about his car wash business and his car detail business. And she's rolling her eyes. And I'm like, yo, you are so mean. You are such a bitch. Like, (laughs) she doesn't like this man. She doesn't like this man. And that's just one dimension. I think she's a narcissist. I'm not going to hold you. I can't diagnose anybody, but I think she might be a narcissist. Now, um, that's how she treats him. Now, when she behaves with other women, like I said, Kat matched with Antonio. So they swapped partners, essentially. <sighs> she went out of her way to make Kat seem like this weak, docile woman that's being walked over every day. And he's with me because he wants a boss. You know, I think I might be a better match for him because he can't walk all over me like he does Kat and all this other shit. And I'm like, girl, you are insecure. You are insecure. And you go out of your way to put down other women, just like Lisa, to make yourself feel better. But you 
the the thing is, she has no sense of like accountability either. And I think Kat handled her very well at the at the reunion. Um, because my God, today I would have I would have jumped over the table on her ass. Couldn't have been me. Could not have been me. But I think she disguises herself as a girl's girl. She disguises herself as a boss. And I think it's just to cover up and hide her own deep insecurities. And that is not a type of person who needs to get married. That's not a type of person who needs to even be in a relationship. Just be single or just be outside. Just be outside. Because all you're going to do is hurt somebody because you're just fucking selfish and not cognizant of somebody else's feelings. This man is really willing to do anything for you. And you can't muster up any sense of like kindness for him or any sense of pride in wanting to be with your man. You don't even wear your engagement ring. Let him go. Let him go be with someone who who wants him. Why hold that hostage? That's so weird to me. That is so weird to me. Um, yeah, they're just not equally yoked as far as like long-term goals. They're not, you know, realistic with each other. And like I said, it's for different reasons. She's a narcissist and a control freak and an abuser. And he is essentially an emotionally... He needs more emotional awareness because he's pouring way more into this girl than he than she's giving to him. And it's going to just end up with them not being together. I think this is the one couple that should not have gotten engaged. Um, I, I honestly didn't think any of them would get engaged in the end. However, this couple in particular, no business being together. You have no business being together. And he deserves better. My God, today... Like I said, I usually don't watch dating shows because I feel like it's not organic. I don't I don't think it's organic. I think it's a lot of clout and I think it's a lot of desperation. Now, have there been couples who have been very successful from these shows like 90 Day Fiance, you know, Married at First Sight, The Ultimatum? Yes, there have. However, comma. It takes a very particular type of person to come onto a dating show and be genuine. It takes a very particular kind of person to come onto a relationship-based show and actually be open to grow and, and fall in love. Now, another thing is I'm like, there is nothing that can change so drastically that will make the situation work. The issues that you had before are issues you're still going to have. You can come on the show. You can do some shit like this. You can get engaged. That doesn't erase all the other bullshit that you have. Now, if you really take advantage of the situation the way you're supposed to, you can come out better in the end. Both parties can come out better in the end. You have more clarity. You have better communication, better understanding of each other. But I think a lot of times they make it work for the cameras. I think they make it work for the goddamn cameras, child. And for what the world wants to see of them. And I know it has to be crazy difficult to have people like me and other people on the internet essentially commenting on your relationship and we just get a piece of it we just get a picture of what this is we don't know the deep down intricate things between these people but from the surface and what's observed i did not think that any of these couples should be together i thought all of you just need to break up and that still goes back to the fact that i feel like 
You should not have to give someone an ultimatum to be with you. You should not have to strong arms someone into committing to you. I just feel like if you feel the need to beg or force someone to commit to you or strong arm them into committing to you, you have already lost them. And you're on the verge of losing yourself. Um, I... <laughs> I feel like it's desperation and I'm not saying that in a judgmental way. I'm saying that in a way that it's like, okay, you are really hitting a wall right now. You're hitting a wall trying to force someone to give you something that you know that they're not ready for or you know that they don't want with you. I think in a lot of these scenarios, if that person is ready, you should not have to question it. And I said this on my Instagram, I'm not going to propose to a man because if he is ready, then he will propose to me because I will make it clear when I am ready. I will make it clear up front. Yo, I'm in this for the long haul. I want to get married one day. He knows that. Giving him an ultimatum or trying to force him to commit to me is only going to push him away. And that could be good if that person is not worth your time or meant for you. Or that could be bad if that person is actually a good person who just needs a little bit of of time, who needs a little bit of grace, or who just needs to figure out some things first so that the plan comes together. But I definitely remember being, you know, in my last relationship and hitting the four-year mark. Mind you, I had been with him since I was 19. So I hadn't known or seen anything else. And I felt so ready. I felt like, yo, we've been together for four years. Are we going to get married? And I found myself giving him an ultimatum. I found myself giving him an ultimatum around like year, around the three and a half year mark. I was like, listen, we got to start making decisions. And I was like, yo, if, if you aren't ready to get married, or if you have no plan to marry me soon, I don't know if I want to be with you anymore. I think we we should break up. And in my mind, I knew I did not want to break up. I knew I did not want to leave that man. I knew that I wanted to be with him. And I thought if I, you know, put him on the line, if I, if I really press the issue, then he'll realize he could lose me and then he'll do what I want him to do. And that's not how things work. Can't force people into doing what you want them to do when it comes to really anything, but especially love and relationships and marriage. They have to be ready and they have to choose you. They have to choose you. And it's like, okay, if someone is not actively choosing you or showing that they don't want to be with you, that is your sign to leave. Why are you staying and why do you think you can change their mind? Why do you think you can change their mind? Especially after giving someone so much time, so much devotion, so much love, and they still can't get with it, they don't want you. They don't want you. And I know that shit hurts sometimes. My God, today, you got to come to terms with people not wanting you. They don't want you the same way you want them. So you need to move on. You need to move on and go where you're wanted. Go where the love resides. 
Of course, I'm wishing all the couples the best, except for Roxanne and Antonio. I wish them the worst in their relationship because Antonio should leave. <laughs> I hope the relationship fails. It's doomed to fail any goddamn way. But I think it's a good reflection of stuff that everybody has gone through at some point with somebody. And if you haven't, trust me, it'll come up eventually <laughs> and it'll be a good time. Um, as a person who has done a lot of like self-work when it comes to my dating life and how I move and the things I'm willing to accept and not and how I'm operating in my current relationship. I, I value being able to grow and evolve and y'all know that. And I value being able to learn from things and get better and decide, okay, I'm done fucking with this type of person or I'm done dealing with this bullshit or I'm done trying to force someone commit to me. Like when you go through things and shit doesn't go your way in relationships, you need to learn from it and then apply that shit to the next situation or else you'll be in a cycle. You'll be in a cycle. So I think for these couples who are with these people, if it doesn't work out, absolutely apply this to the next situation, the next relationship so that it can be stronger. And so that, you know, if you see things starting to be a bit too familiar, you're able to clock that shit and move on. Instead of staying and being in this fucking emotional roller coaster cycle of giving all your time to someone who essentially is not choosing you back. So yeah. Um, I actually really did enjoy this. I watched it and binged it as I braided my hair. So um, I'm really happy that I did it. And you know what? Maybe we'll keep doing this again. Maybe we'll do this with the next season or maybe we'll do it with another show. We'll see. We'll see. But for now, <laughs> child, I'm I'm really happy that, the, that this season is over because it was giving chaotic. You can still watch it. Even if you watch this episode and or, or listen to this episode and you had no plans of watching The Ultimatum, I think you should, because it's actually very entertaining. It's actually very entertaining. <laughs> so for everybody who made it this far, my God, today, thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much for watching. I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. Like I said, we're moving to bi-weekly now because I don't know. I have a lot on my plate and I like to have that extra time to build up my creative process and my thoughts. And so we're slowing down the production. But like I said, quality still will be there. And I hope to keep pushing out good content for you guys. And I hope you guys enjoy it. Um, so yeah, I'll catch you guys in the next one. <laughs>